Once again for Dynasty Saturday Night 5, welcome aboard to the legions of fans uh, watching uh, on, on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter, come over uh, to the YouTube so you can join in the chat. Uh, if you are on the YouTubes, either tonight or watching later, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up on the video and even turn on those, uh, those notifications. If you're listening on audio, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on the Going For Two live podcast feed. I'm Brian Ford here with my uh, co-host, Josh Walker. Josh, how you doing? Doing good. I'm looking forward to having my first Sunday off in a while so I can sit down and watch Red Zone all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've been working the past few Sundays? Yeah, and I went to the Falcons game last Sunday, so... Right, Between right, Atlanta right. traffic and that, I was pretty much gone all day until the until mm. the night game. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody the other day about uh, your buddy Arthur Smith, and they said like probably the only way that he gets the boot at the end of this year is if they like completely lose out the rest of the way. Like, so yeah, that's <sighs> they got to they got to put in Ritter soon. That was a pretty ugly game against Carolina. I mean, I don't think Ritter's much of anything, but you might as well, you know, see what you got because exactly. you're, prob- you're probably not going to be bad enough to to be in on Stroud and, and Bryce Young, and yeah, and uh, you know, it would take a lot of capital, you know, and whatever to to get up there. So yeah, yeah, we missed that shit by winning a lot of games early. Mm. All right, well, too bad you won. All right, just uh, to remind folks of what we do here on Saturday Night Five is we kind of take lists of five uh, around a certain topic and uh and use that as our vehicle for for talking dynasty on a, on a saturday night with you uh as we uh, as we hang out um tonight we are eating dubs um last week we uh very humbly uh wore our l's uh and so we thought we'd bounce back tonight and uh add some some self-esteem back with uh we're talking about our, our W's, and of course, eating W's comes from uh, our friend uh, Jameis Winston. So I figured <laughs> I, I'd throw that one in there. Um, W's are interesting because just like L's, they can be defined different ways. You know, on a, on a Dynasty show, it could be a, a W because it's been over a couple years. You, you had a feeling, uh, or it could be in season. It could be a W because... You might have been lower than, not totally fading, but you were lower than consensus. So it's kind of a W, right? So, you know, we're kind of loosely defining it just to give ourselves some self-esteem. Um, Josh, start us off. Yeah, you you uh, pretty much summed it up pretty well. But I look for, especially in startups, which is mostly what I did this offseason, looking for to be a few rounds ahead of consensus, jumping to get some guys before other people, you know, and then it panning out. And when it comes to rankings, I basically just look at people that have moved up probably five to 10 spots or mm. people that if I was above, you know, people have caught back up to me and I probably slid them up even further because I like them. Mm. So yeah. it's pretty broad, but yeah, yeah. 
Um, so we we wanted to start off with uh, with some rookies. So why don't you why don't you start out with uh, some rookies that you liked? Yeah, rookies I liked. I'll start out with Chris Olave. He was probably my, Olave. He was probably my biggest W of the season. I had him. I had it on my Twitter bio for a while. Olave, wide receiver, rookie, wide receiver one. Um, I just really liked him coming out of college. His route running. I knew he'd be able to jump over to the pros easily, especially on the Saints uh, with what I thought would be Jameis Winston. But it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And he's a lot bit better deep threat than I really thought he would be, so that's a plus mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll go to another receiver, Jahan Dotson. I had him as, I think, my wide receiver five coming in. I don't know, ahead of a lot of guys. I really liked his hands. It's uh, good body control. And he's shown that when he was healthy. He's shown to be able to catch about anything that throws his way, which is a good thing when Carson Wentz is your quarterback. <laughs> um, so, yeah, also Tyler Algier. I didn't expect him to be amazing, but I thought he would be a good zero RB uh, stash to throw on your bench. Could be like a RB two flex play if you're, you know, if you waited a while for running backs. And that was only because Patterson's thirty one. I didn't see anyone else really getting in the way, and it showed with Patterson back. They're easing him back, and Algiers the main go to guy. Um, I'll have to Greg Dulcich real quick. I didn't really. I liked Alberto, but I thought Dulcich would be better. I thought he would end up being the starter, so I was trading away Alberto for rookie picks to where I could hopefully grab him instead. I didn't think it would happen this quick. I thought Alberto would be a little bit better, but it did pay off. And then the two Pierces, Alec and Damian. I thought Alec Pierce would be a good target for Matt Ryan. He's shown that he has been when he's there. Uh, the start of the year, he was close to Pittman as far as like targets receptions and yards go but and then Damian Pierce has been amazing I didn't expect him to be that good but I did have him as running back five or six so I I like that list and and certainly share some with you uh uh Dotson I liked I think I had him like six um Dulcich I liked he was like my tight end two coming in um and Alave I loved um you know in it, like every rookie draft, like there was, he just kept falling to me at like yep. 108, 107, 109. I'm like, okay, give me all the Alave, I, I guess, right? You know, people were sort of, you know, taking their swings at like a Traylon Burks or, or a Drake London or whatever. And I'm just like, go for it. You know, uh, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll take all that Alave value. And so, you know, uh, I've got, uh, I've got a lot. Got a lot of him. I'm going to just add in the mix there, too. Just two more tight ends. Um, you know, I, Bellinger's a slight W for me. Uh, it was not so much going into the draft, but when it when it came out uh, with uh, the landing spot, and he was basically just had trash in front of him. So I was yep. like, all right, this, this guy's got a, a path. And some people did like him as far as his ability goes. So, you know, I tried to grab him in a few places. And Kate Ott, and Kate Ott, and I loved. He was my tight end three. You know, above my my boy Jelani Woods, who I'm like notoriously in love with, I I had Otten above him, and and he's panning out well too. The concern I think about Otten though is is what's going to happen at quarterback. You know, I mean, Tom Brady could play till he's 65; he could retire tomorrow. So, uh, you know, there's there's a little bit um, a little bit of a of a question mark there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pivot though to uh, uh, debating Algier with you a little bit. 
I have not liking Algier as one of my W's. Um, I, I had him like, I think like 11 going into the draft and people were loving him. Oh, he's going to do this. And he's, you know, got this like running style. He's going to just, you know, gain chunks and punish people. And it's like, I, I just, you know, I didn't see it. He was, I just didn't see it. You know, I said, he, listen, he's got limited uh, abilities. Like he'll get some two down work. And, uh, and I don't really like the prospect at all. Um, and when I see that, he had a chance to pull away from Caleb Huntley and he didn't, you know, like not that Caleb Huntley is like complete garbage, but it's Caleb Huntley for crying out loud. I don't really, I don't know necessarily that, that he's all that good. Um, he's, he's a guy I'm trying to, I'm trying to move off my rosters. Um, even though I know CPAT probably won't be around next year. Um, he's just not, he's just a guy. I, I just, uh, I don't like, and, um, you know, I mean, he's had some production here and there, but I, I think me being lower than consensus on him for me feels like a W. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you about the faults he had. I didn't think, you know, I didn't have him up in my top, I think eight or nine, but I did think he had a clear path to playing time. And a lot of times I do like to see that they are already on the field. Yeah, there's not much competition behind them. He hasn't really broke away from Caleb Huntley. But I think a lot of that goes to Arthur Smith wanting to have a committee behind him. And that could just be how I see it. But when I was at the game last weekend, Algier, his first run, had a 44-yard run. He did look a little bit better than Huntley. But I think given how much they run the ball, I don't see them going off from him. CPAC could be gone. Even if it's a committee, you know, it's still – 10 carries with a good chance to get a touchdown if mm-hmm. that's if Arthur Smith stays and they keep doing the same scheme that they obviously want to do. So I see it as a W just because he's getting playing time. He scored some touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And even though it's committee, there's still a good touchdown upside there. Okay. Um, so a uh, good friend of the show, Julia, has a question for us here. Uh, Algier versus Brian Robinson, who is <laughs> – shiftier or faster who's ranked higher in your book for dynasty uh as the atlanta fan why don't you take that one first uh i'll say i don't see either one of them as being shiftier fast but honestly it's very close i think algier could probably run through more tackles but i think brian robinson might be a little shifty and i could see it being the other way around but i think honestly that's a very good comparison i think they're really close Hmm. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't seen Brian Robinson play enough, honestly, to mm. as much as I have have Algier. They're pretty close in in my rankings for sure. Mm. I I wouldn't describe either of them as shifty or fast, but the shifty er the the fast er is probably B Rob. Um, I really liked him. I really liked him. He grew on me. I didn't like him, and then I was going through that process of looking at rookies and all that. And, and, I, and I liked him. And even coming out, I liked him. I said, you know, his ceiling is going to be capped because of Gibson. Gibson's ceiling is going to be capped because of him. Um, the thing is, we like I liked him for a reason, right? He wasn't super slow, right? Like, uh, he was not elite at really anything that he did, but he was a well-rounded back who had NFL size. And that matters, right? Mm-hmm. I this idea that people are kind of like out on him and he's a plotter, he's slow. He's, you know, do I agree that Gibson's the more dynamic player? Sure. I agree. You know, do I think they should use him more than they are? Yeah. 
Um, but I, I, I think better days are ahead for, for Robinson. Not like, you know, to the moon, but I think we got we to gotta be patient with him, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to say, oh, like, you know, the, the injury. Because, listen, he's healthy enough. He's playing, right? But, you know, it takes rookies a little while, you know, to, to adjust. And he lost some of that time, you know, in camp and stuff like that where, where some of that foundation is laid by being out, you know, for, for so long. So, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's something that, that bears watching. He's not too far ahead of Algier right now in my rankings, but, but he's definitely, definitely ahead. Yeah, I think a lot of it could be you don't know what a type of injury like that could do to someone's focus or mental capacity also. So it might still take a little bit of time to get right and get back, you know, in the flow mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. So why don't we then shift to uh, to rookies we didn't like that we consider W's? Why don't you start us off? I'll start with the first one that everyone was really hyped for. And this is more of a short term, you know, this year as opposed to Dynasty yeah. is Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought he the landing spot was not ideal, even though that's one of the better pass offenses. There's just a lot of guys that were I had in front of him as a rookie. I had I thought Hardman would play before him. You know, there's MVS, Juju, and then just to put the cherry on top, they went out and got Kadarius Tony, which meant, like led me to believe that Sky Moore isn't ready this year. That he's mm-hmm. more of like a hold for next year or the year after. So I'm still in him on that, but people had him way too high i think expecting him to be like a big producer this year and i just didn't see that yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna hop in and agree with you here um you know again i i like the player i think he was around my uh like i think my wide receiver 10 maybe you know Mm -hmm. um and i think people got really drunk on landing spot see i thought it was i see i I thought people thought it was a good landing spot because look he's on the chiefs right and what do they have they got juju and pray for rain um so so i thought people were really drunk on landing spot and i was i was trying to trade out of even if it meant you know up or back it didn't matter to me trade out of that pocket of of folks getting picked there in including including sky Moore. i agree with you that um you know, next year, 2024 remains to be seen, right? Especially, you know, depending on what Juju does as far as whether he resigns. But um, I think the people who said, ah, oh, you know, elite separator in the great offense, you know, sky to the moon. And you know, I just, you know, just didn't happen that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I saw someone say on Twitter next year could be the Kadarius Tony Sky Moore show. Yeah. So. See, I definitely hang on to him, but I'll jump over to Traylon Burks. Because I'm Hartman's not Hartman's. I think uh, a free agent too. So yeah, worth worth, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll just jump to Traylon Burks. I did Mm -hmm. like him decent. I thought he was, you know, he's he's pretty good. I still had him fairly high up, but people were taking him first, second, third overall wide receiver. I just I didn't have him that high. You know, I didn't know how well he'd be able to separate the pro level. There was all the durability like concerns through practice through all through training camp, you know, now mm-hmm. he's injured. Um, yeah, there was one draft actually, I'll just note out. I took Chris Olave one Oh two because I had plenty of running backs in a dynasty. I took over and then I still was able to get Traylon Burks at one Oh nine, I think. Mm. And the Knights had two first rounds. So I was fine with it there, but be, that's the only time I've ever seen him drop down that far. Mm-hmm. Um, then let me hop over to Zamir White. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, while I thought he was a fade, I still thought he would get more run than he has, and he just hasn't. 
they, you know, he's clearly not a vocal part of that offense at all. It's going to take an injury, probably two or three, maybe even to make him be the lead back. I mean, even then they'd probably sign somebody. Um, so yeah, I just didn't really like him where he was going. And TDP with the 49ers, he's my last rookie fade. Um, he's slow. He's even less elusive than Algier and Robinson. I thought Jordan Mason would be the better person. I still do. I, I think I saw Jordan Mason ranked higher. And I just people were way too high on him because of landing spot also being in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I, I shared your your doubts about uh, about Burks, so I'll just talk about my mm-hmm. my rookie fades. Um, for me, Burks, you know, uh, started out kind of high as far as like my my wide receiver rankings went, and then I just you know the more I looked at at, at folks who were safer and were less kind of raw, and then when you you heard things here or there about you know whether it was uh, you know uh, uh, blocking or. Um, you know, taking plays off or, you know, uh, I don't want to say off the field, but like, you know, I don't want to say the word head case either because I have a lot of mental illness issues yeah. and that's kind of, a, but you know what I mean? Like, like a, a, a guy that just had a, a few reddish flags and I was like, eh, nah. and listen, I want to be fair to the, to, to the guy, right? He, he's been hurt. Yeah. He had the asthma thing, right? So, you know, I, I do want to be fair to him. I just think that Excuse me. He's uh, he's a raw kind of projecty. He's got he's got huge upside. Like yeah, he's absolutely. got al- alpha upside. He could mm-hmm. he could do it right. But with 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 that kind of with those kind of question marks and the quarterback situation there, like like yeah. For example, somebody said uh, I saw on on Twitter today um, that it might be a good idea to move straight up Pickens and get back. Burks, right? Um, because picking scoring scoring points now, right? And I saw it as like, pff, I don't know about that, yeah. right? Like, like I don't like it, it with Malik Willis throwing him the ball ostensibly <laughs> next year. Like, like do we really like? I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't really buy it, and that's not not a move I would make. Um, so I, I talked. I want to make one quick point. Yeah, about, sure. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think people were quick to lump him into, oh, they're fill- he's going to fill in the A.J. Brown role. And yeah. he's just not A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's uh, – he's a freak athlete. And Traylon Burks is very athletic, but I think they jumped to assume that he was going to automatically fill that role. And just, Yeah. You know, yeah, to, yeah, to be fair to him, again, to be fair to him, you know, A.J. Brown made his money on Derrick Henry play action, run an intermediate mm-hmm. route. And so, you know, if – if Malik if Malik Willis can do can do that play action and, and and hit an intermediate route, you know, okay, fine. I just you know I just don't think Malik Willis is really all that good a passer, and I don't think Traylon Burks is AJ Brown. So yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. So getting back to like that pocket, I was trying to get out of in, in the rookie draft. It was Sky Moore, Christian Watson, uh, James Cook, and to a certain extent. Uh, George Pickens, but those three right off the bat. So let me add Cook and and Watson into like a slight W's. I think uh, again, Watson's been hurt, but I thought people were way too high on him. I'm like, he yep. again, he's he's athletic, but he's very raw. He's a project, you know. And I said early on, like I would not be surprised if Dub starts out more productive than him, and Watson takes a longer time to develop. And here we are. I, 
and also James Cook, right? For now, I think it's yep. a, it, it's it's a W fading James Cook. Do I think he probably can have a, a bit of a role and, and some better days are ahead? Absolutely. But when people were you know happy spending one hundred nine, one hundred eight on him, you know, I was like, get out of here! You got to be kidding yeah. me, right? Um, and uh, and and so far, you know, I seem I seem right on that. I was big TDP fade too. Huge reach, just yeah. he's just not good. I don't know what they were doing there. Um, just gonna add a couple more in. Pierre Strong again, somebody <laughs> you know, people kind of got buzzy and fell in love with. I was I was pretty much out. Um, let's see, uh, David Bell as well. Um, you know, I, I don't I didn't think he'd see this little run, uh, but I didn't I didn't like him. Uh, really at all, like late second, maybe, you know, um, but, uh, you know, he was, he's got PPR upside and, you know, Watson's coming, but, you know, like you've had what, nine, nine weeks now and we're not, we're not seeing much. I'm going to do a little bit of a controversial one that I think uh, is a W as far as a fade goes. And that's Drake London. Now, it's, for me, it wasn't a total fade. It's, it's one of those fade relative to consensus Ws that we're talking about. Uh, coming, out of, coming out of the draft, um, pretty much I had, a, I had one big tier of the big four wide receivers. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, and, and, and London. The, the first three, I could almost interchange. But London was definitely fourth in that tier for me. I saw... Somebody who, you know, had some trouble rounding, you know, were kind of rounding out his routes and needed to improve on that. You know, and then when he landed in, in Atlanta, I was like, what? No, what? Yeah. You know, people, and, but people were big on it. Like, oh, you know, like no one wide receiver won there. And, you know, him and Pitts will play. I was like, who is the quarterback? Who is the offense? The guy running the offense. And, you know, and, and here we are. Do, do I like London? Yeah, I'm not saying I fade the player completely, but this idea that he's like pushing top 12 dynasty wide receivers, like it's like, you know, situations got to matter somewhat, right? You can't just go like a thousand percent talent, you know? Um, so, yeah, I have him. I have him down. I have, I have him outside top 24 dynasty wide receivers. Not too much outside. I think he's 25 or 26, but I, I don't I just don't see a good a, if that quarterback changes and there's some big, like, oh, reason to think there's hope that, like, you know, the offense is going to pass more and the quarterback is good, okay, fine. I'll reconsider it. But but for now, I, I think that sort of slight fade uh, is a W. Yeah. The situation, especially with Mariota, is not ideal. You know, I thought they would throw more than they did, but even then I didn't think Mariota would rarely get over 200 250 passing yards, and that's to go between him and Pitts. So I definitely – I still had him, I think, wide receiver three. I had Garrett Wilson ahead of him. So I was lower than – I was probably in the middle, but yeah. I, you made a good point. Yeah. So uh, Julia's asking just uh, to round this out a little bit about Burks. Uh, do we have him in the top five in the rookie wide receiver class or outside of the top five? So coming out of the draft, I had that tier of big of the big four, and then I had like uh, Dotson, Burks, and Pickens kind of in that five, six, seven, slightly interchangeable. Um, so I guess technically, probably outside the top five coming coming out of the draft. Um, I'd have to see in the rankings where he is at the moment because 
I have those. I think I have him exactly fifth. I have those four ahead of him. And then I think I have, no, I have Pickens ahead of him. So he's sixth. And then I have Dotson a few spots below, um, but very close. I mean, I, I like Dotson a lot. It's, it's just a, a question of, you know, the quarterback and the competition with, with McLaurin. And I think, you know, Burks does have that alpha upside. But, uh, but yeah, so how about you, uh, top five rookie? No, I have him seven. I have Dotson one spot ahead of him. So, like you mm-hmm. said, they're very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dotson just showed a little bit more this year. Um, and I do have Pickens ahead. I wasn't super high on Pickens, but with Pickett at quarterback, he's shown to be pretty good. He's got a touchdown now. So, mm-hmm. And then the rest, I, I have the same ones ahead of him as you do. I have Jamison Williams at five, I think. So what category want to go to next? We've done our, our, our rookie likes and rookie fades. Uh, what do you want to go to next as far as uh, our Ws? Um, I'll, I'll go and hit uh, above consensus. Okay. So people I was just generally higher on that mm-hmm. are not rookies. Uh, the first one I'll start out with is Jalen Hurts. As me and Brian talked about. I, I wore him as an L. I yeah. wore him as an L. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. him coming in top five as fifth. So I just thought – and a lot of this was hope. It was just hope that the reports out of camp were true, that he was improving his pocket pocket presence as well as his accuracy and overall like general awareness on the field that paired with his rushing upside aj brown coming on who i will also talk about here in a second i was very high on him so i thought that with goddard uh Devontae smith and aj brown i was like he's really gonna have to suck to not be a good fantasy quarterback and i just i think he's actually a really good quarterback so i was right on him um i'll hop over to travis Etienne. Uh, I saw him taking over James Robinson's spot. Uh, I thought he would. I thought he would be a little bit better with his receiving hands, but he's not. They're taking a shot on him at being the RB one, which I think he could be. As me and Brian have talked about, I think he does have that bell cow ability. He did in college, although it's a whole different ball game now. Uh, I'll jump over to Ramondre Stevenson. No, I, I actually don't think he's got bell cow ability. No, that's what I was saying. I was like, I do. Oh, but oh, you oh okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do disagree on that, but I, it's time for him to prove it. And so far, he's mm-hmm. done well. Uh, I'll go to Ramondre Stevenson. I had him and still have him ranked ahead of Damian Harris. I thought with his receiving work in the offseason, that would really pay off. Especially when James White got hurt, I boosted him up even more. He's already taken over that role, He's and he's still 24. Uh, Saquon, I had Saquon up in the top five running backs coming into the year, despite the injury concerns. I know that when he's healthy, he's a top three running back, and I have him second now behind mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Whoa, in Dynasty? Yeah. No JT? J- I have JT at three. I have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon ahead. Okay. I bumped, I did have it Saquon one, JT two, but McCaffrey at the 49ers, and he's already shown that they're going to throw him the ball. I was already high on him, so I put him back at one. Mm. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd say Quan Wright. And I'll go uh, A.J. Brown, as I talked about. I had him top six or seven coming into the year in Dynasty. Uh, I was really high on the Eagles coming in. Yeah. They're, they were my Super Bowl picks to start the year. Yeah, I showed, only had him uh, down at, like, six or seven. And then, because, like, I needed to see Hurts do it, and he's doing it. So, now I got A.J. Brown, like, three, I think. Yep, same. I got him actually round four in my Scott Fishbowl draft. I was pretty happy about that. Mm. 
another wide receiver, DK Metcalf. This yeah. is one of the ones where it was rounds as opposed to actual rankings. He was going in the fifth round in a few of the dynasty startups I did, and I was taking him early third, middle third, any chance I could get, just knowing that he's a freak athlete. It, despite the quarterback concerns, he's improving his route running, improving everything else. I knew he'd get plenty of targets, plenty of touchdowns. And then one of my biggest uh, Ws is David Njoku. I thought this was the year I was – if I didn't get Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, I was waiting later on until I could get David Njoku rounds 12, 13, and dynasty startups. And uh, until he got hurt, he was shown to be a massive target hog, mm. uh, surpassing Amari Cooper even. Yeah. And the last one is Amon Ross St. Brown. I had him, I think, 22, 23 coming into the year, and I've moved him up even more. Yeah. Which he's hit – he's – He's plateaued a little bit, so I, there's some hesitation there. But So three of those guys I wore as L's, Hertz, Amon Ra, and um, Etienne. Mm-hmm. But I kind of said at last episode when we were doing the L's, like they're still on my I'm not as wrong as you think list, right? Um, yeah. They're still I, Tom. I don't think that Amon Ra is, you know, I, I seen people have him at like, Five, seven, eleven. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You gotta be, ki-. but um, you know, uh, as far as Etienne goes, like, you know, like people love him. You know, especially, um, you know, folks that look at running backs a certain way or, or, um, you know, uh, 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 do like the the numbers crunching and and that sort of thing. You know, listen, he he's proven me wrong, but. I, I can't put him like in the top like five or six where people have him right now. No. Um, like I want him to have like a, the rush to reception ratio to change. You know, I think he's kind of that Alvin Kamara back. I don't, you know, I don't want him to, to be getting as much of the, the rushing as, as he is, but cause I, I just don't think that's going to work out. I just don't think that's going to work out. But he, he's producing a lot better than I thought. And Hurts, for me, you know, I've got him up at, like, I think seven now. You know, and I had him at, like, 16 at the beginning of the year. So yeah. he's definitely proven me wrong. But it's also one of those things of, like, who else are you going to put there? How many running backs? I mean, how many quarterbacks do you trust? Right? Like, after him, I'm looking at, like, Dak, who's pushing 30. You know, Trevor Lawrence, who's, you know, you know, inconsistent we, yep. we, we he's not really gonna be what we think he is or thought he was at least that's what it looks like um Deshaun Watson remains to be seen what he looks like when he comes back uh Justin Fields who you know uh is ascending and let me let me start there uh before I get into my above consensus I wore Fields as an L last week but I said said you know things are trending up you know, weeks five to eight, very different from uh, week weeks one to four. Um, I'm going to switch fields to a W, right? I, I know it was just one blow-up game, but the way I'm seeing the conversation around him change now is similar to that idea of what quarterbacks can you trust? And people sort of pushing him up, you know, closer to that, range where I have like, you know, Hertz and T-Law and that sort of thing. And essentially saying, you know, what has T-Law really done? You know, he had an opportunity against the Raiders last week going up against a defense who is hoarded 
against the quarterback and didn't really do a lot, didn't feast as much as they've let other quarterbacks feast, lesser quarterbacks than him, by the way. You know, um, so I think his his career arc is going to be similar to Hertz in that it'll take a little time for him to learn. And the passing is going to going to I think he's a very good passer. It's just a matter of like the passing is going to get better because other things have to get better. Yeah. His weapons, his coaching, right? The O-line, right? Um, so I think he's going to have a similar career arc to Ertz in that regard. And I would not be surprised if we're talking about them both as being very similar, you know, top five, six quarterbacks pretty, pretty soon. But as far as other guys, uh, you know, Ramondre is like, I'm the poster boy for Ramondre. Uh, you know, uh, I was scooping him up in rookie drafts. He was my RB4, no, five that year, right? You know, it was the big three, Michael Carter. And then I had, you know, Ramondre five confidently, you know, ahead of Trey Sermon, who people forget he pushed <laughs> out of Oklahoma. Trey Sermon transferred to Ohio State because he couldn't beat out Ramondre. Um, so he's, def- I, he's definitely somebody I backed for, for a while. You know, I'm not saying, again, like, you know, through the moon, you know, uh, top seven, eight, you know, running back. But what I'm saying is uh, I, w- I was right about him. And Damian Harris is a free agent next year. Will there be somebody in that backfield that takes some touches? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it might even be Damian Harris re-signed. But, you know, I think Arrow up for a little while on Ramondre. However, he's a guy on Rebuilders I'm trying to move a little bit because his, his value is very good right now. And yep. I don't need running backs on, on a rebuild, especially one that's going to take a couple of years. And I don't need guys scoring points much on a rebuild either. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm sort of um, offloading. Uh, also to hedge against the idea that, like, you know, it, it does he play with a style that could get him hurt, you know, like just throwing out there an idea of like, is there, what's the concern? What's a question mark? And the fact too, that he's a running back as well, which they get hurt more often. So, so, you know, um, but, but yes, definitely proudly wearing Ramondre uh, as a W uh, there. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know, I've said it a few times, you know, uh, put some respect on Josh Jacobs name. I mean, I saw people ranking him as low as like 33, going into the year and I was just like get the out of here you know one because because I didn't like Zamir White so I was like that's not a threat so yeah I wore the L for that one last week yeah yeah and and you know again like is is he a guy who next year is gonna it it might look different yeah it it might um is there is there a chance that he re-signs on a short cheap deal with with the Raiders sure but one thing I do want to talk about at some point this year is the free agent class uh, of running backs is deep, right? Yep. And we also think the running backs of 2023 rookies are very good. It's going to be a very interesting offseason at, at running back. So um, something, to, something to look out for uh, as well. Uh, Jalen Waddell, I've been a backer since, since day one. Um, you know, and uh, I think that's a that's a big dub for me. I think I've got them all the way up at like four or five by now. You know, T. Higgins, I kind of have a question mark here on on the sheet. Um, you know, I've had Higgins in the top like eight, nine, ten yep. for like a long time now. I don't know that he's 
shown in 2022 what I think he can show. I think he's going to get even, even, even more and even better, uh, especially you know when that O line gets repaired. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think I think that's a W. Uh, um, Absolutely. And also, just to round it out uh, with a couple of tight ends, Dallas Goddard and Gerald Everett. Gall- G- Dallas Goddard, um, I said, listen, he's my six-seven tight end, and if Jalen Hurts can pass, he's going to be four-five. And I think I have him at five now. Um, Everett, I have a question mark here on the sheet. For me, I think, um, like, I couldn't really decide where to put him. Because, like, on the one hand, I said, okay, you know, he's a W because I think he's clipped a little bit in that offense. Not huge, but, you know, like, I thought he was going to be okay. But then I thought, like, is he, is he an L? You know, because he hasn't really clicked all that much, you know, um, and we should be producing more in an offense that, 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 that good. But then again, no Keenan and Mike Williams. So maybe that's a little, you know, unfair, right. That, you know, um, he hasn't benefited from their presence in the offense. So I kind of went back and forth on that. And like, you know, was it, was it a W though, for me only thinking, he would click pretty well, and he, like so, I, I, I he's a guy that I'm kind of undecided on. But uh, I want to land with uh, a, a guy that uh, that maybe we can start your fades out with, and that's Gabe Davis. So my my arc, my story with Gabe Davis is, I was well ahead of the market. I liked him a lot before a lot of other people did, right? But when he was at the point in preseason where people were essentially tweeting snarky tweets about them being tired of hearing about him. Right. (laughs) Um, I kind of agreed. I was like, listen, like this train's out of control folks. Like, don't get me wrong. I (laughs) love Gabe Davis, but can we, can we relax here? You know, Um, I kind of always thought he is what he's shown to be now. Uh, I liked him a lot because he's super talented and has big upside and, and big ceiling, but is going to be probably week to week boom bust, you know, at least for at least for a while. Right. And so I, you know, on the one hand, I kind of felt like the guy who liked the band three years before everybody else <laughs> did, you know. Yeah. But on the other hand, I also kind of felt like the guy who was just like, um, you know, uh, uh you kind of taken what I what I said here and kind of ran with it a little a little too much, you know. Like, um, but I, I so I still think that liking him is a W. I guess because I never liked him as much as like the the nauseating preseason hype. So I, I think I kind of still feel that's a W. But you think fading him's a W. So why don't you start off your fades with that? Yeah. Um, so really, it like. Like you said, coming into the year, and I did a bunch of startups this year because um, I was really trying to, you know, get more leads, get more knowledge, you know, more experience. And he was going way too soon. And some of the things I don't like about him is in his career, you know, he's never had more than five receptions in a game. That in itself shows, even with like games with 12 targets, it just shows that either A, he doesn't get open, B, he doesn't have good hands, which isn't true. But that's just like signs when you look for people who just cannot get a lot of receptions. And I just think he's bad at route running. So, I mean, given that, like you said, he's a boomer bust. 
But even then, like he's basically just running deep routes and hoping it's a blown coverage or hoping that he just overpowers the uh, the DB. And where he was going, I'm not trying to buy into someone who I can't trust like that. Where mm-hmm. he was going, yeah. And just I can, another, I can see that. yeah. And another fun fact: through t- his first two years, Lavisca Chenault had more reception yards and I think receptions even than Gabe Davis did. So it's just something I found interesting, and just yeah. another reason why I just really wasn't in on him where he was going. Um, another receiver that I drafted absolutely zero times and he's a mortal enemy of the Falcons, is Michael Thomas. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with his skill. When he's healthy, he's a really good receiver. You know, yeah. he's a wide receiver one, but he's hasn't been healthy in two or three years. He's shown again, like, yeah, he was healthy week one, and he torched the Falcons, but since then, he hasn't done that. When he's played, Chris Olave's been better. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're getting beat by a rookie is not a good sign, especially where he was going. Uh Allen Robinson, I wasn't buying in on, in on the hype. In the offseason, in a few of my leagues, I traded for him for almost nothing when he was still at the Bears, hoping he'd have a good landing spot. And, you know, the Rams on paper is a good landing spot, but I was also fading Stafford, who I was about to talk about, mm-hmm. just for elbow issues. Cooper Cup's the main guy there. I just – where he was going, people j- got just a little too high on him, too quick. I mm-hmm. wasn't there. So I was just selling him off for whatever I could get. I think I got Elijah Moore in a second-round pick. Which looking at Elijah Moore is not much, but there's a second I can do something with that's more valuable. Um, two Packers that I was uh, fading was Aaron Rodgers, especially in Dynasty as a quarterback. I didn't like the fact that his best receivers would probably be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I wasn't high on Alan Lazard as a wide receiver one. And uh, on top of that, Robert Tunyon. I wasn't drafting him where he was going. I had him, I think, in the 20s, maybe 20, 21 coming off a knee injury, and also he's very touchdown dependent, and I knew there was mm-hmm. regression coming with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year were two Broncos, Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's a great route runner. He basically just wins jump balls and back shoulder fades. Uh, I thought Russ would be better, and I thought he would be better than he is, but I still wasn't drafting him where he was going. Mm. And then Alberto, just because I thought Dulcich would take over, and he did. I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be this bad and this quick, but he's. I dropped him a lot in my rankings mm-hmm. right on yeah uh I, I share a couple of those quarterbacks i'll, I'll, I'll do them with my last category because i want to celebrate dancing on aaron Rodgers' grave but um <laughs> you know just a few fades uh that, that i had i've never really been a huge fan of of mac jones um you know i've always said you know safe floor boring but you know he's never really going to be anything um, anything, you know, exciting or elite or even approach like top 12 dynasty quarterback ever. And then like coming into the year, people are like, this could be the year, you know, uh, that Mac Jones throws for, you know, this many. Y'all. I'm like, are you, what, are, you, what are, you, are you kidding me? You know, and here we are. Right. Um, now, again, got to be fair to him. But I think even outside uh, his ankle injury, he's just not great you know i mean he's not terrible but he's a game manager right like you know uh and and that's okay for you know qb two three probably in Superflex, but he's not somebody i'm really i'm really interested in uh at all uh i put zeke down here on the list and obviously you know, it's a dynasty show fading zeke you know big whoop but 
what I'm fading was the narrative that people said, hey, you know, Zeke's going to have a good year. He's going to bounce back. You know, pick him up and redraft. Uh, people don't understand, you know, that outside the knee and blah, blah, blah. And I said, right. And even without this this injury, I, you know, Zeke's been, you know, very, very meh this year. So uh, Trey Sermon, been fading him since day one. So I think that's a, a W for me. Um, Higby. Uh, you know, it could be controversial, but I think I think fading him is is kind of a, a a W for you know as far as as far as I'm concerned. You know, he just he's he gets some you know a lot of targets sometimes, but he's just you know whatever. And now the offense is terrible. Um, same thing with Noah Fant. What has Noah Fant ever done to like still have people like him as a dynasty tight end? You know, like. Like I think, like how is he ranked above twenty in anybody's rankings? Yeah. Like, I, you know, uh, so you know, I think you know, I've kind of faded him for a long time. I think that's a W. Um, <clears throat> speaking of tight ends, Waller again. I want to be fair to him that um, you know that uh, that he's that he's been hurt and they haven't really had like everybody healthy, you know, for a lot of games. So, but still, I think you know, I I I slipped him from like, you know, like the three, four that he was for a bit, you know, down in not well, four or five down into like that seven, eight range, pretty ahead of, uh, of, of other people. Um, I think I did write him up too, as a possible, uh, tight end faller, uh, when I was writing articles for, for fantasy and frame. So, you know, again, a, a guy that, uh, you know, I, I, listen, do I want him to come back and be healthy and, get a lot of targets because, you know, he's a talented guy and I, I don't like to see guys hurt. Yeah, sure. Do I want him to do that because I'm also trying to move him off a few teams? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, fading him was, 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 a, was a W. Um, and then uh, I just want to end with this one though. Oh, well, one more uh, Kittle. So I have the asterisk here, not so much because I'm off Kittle or, or have him outside the top five or whatever. But for me, it was a Kelsey versus Kittle call. And, um, you know, after the after Andrews and, and, and Pitts, who do you have three? And, you know, for me, it, it, was, it was Kelsey. It was solidly Kelsey. Uh, I think, you know, I did have Kittle, Kittle uh, above there for a little while, a while back, because of the age thing. And then I was like, forget this. You know, um, Kelsey's just, you know, a target hog, elite producer, um, you know, and Kittle plays in a way that, you know, can get him, get him dinged up and he's asked to block too much. So, you know, Kelsey all the way over Kittle. And I think that was a good call. DJ Moore is an interesting one because he was a fade for me kind of early in the sense that like, I already had him down at like 14, 15 when, uh, when people still kind of had him, you know, like nine, 10 and, uh, you know, and then people are like, oh, I got Baker. I'm like horizontal at best. And, you know, and, and here we are. Um, do do I like him, the player? It, yeah, super. Yeah, he's, he's still got a good age, still got a lot of talent. But, you know, I've got him down, I think, around 20 now. And I just have to find out what the quarterback is and what the quarterback looks like. I think if they get, say, Stroud, for example – People are going to, you know, uh, mess their pants up 
and start to shoot DJ Moore all the way back up to like, I don't know, eight, 10, right? But, Stroud, <laughs> you know, Stroud's a rookie yeah. too. You know, like, like, let it happen. Be optimistic, but, but let it happen. So those are some fades that, that I feel – I feel I feel good about um, before um, at, what, uh, before we uh, you, you, you give any notes on that. Let's uh, let's do um, uh, Julia's question here. Knox or Kittle in, in Dynasty. Um, since I've been talking about Kittle, I'll take that one. Easily Kittle. Right. Even though, you know, I am, you know, not not in love with Kittle and easily in very soon could see, you know, Goddard, Fryermuth, and Joku all above him. Um, I don't like Knox. Knox is, yes, is the entire position often TD dependent? Sure. Is he super TD dependent? Yes. That's my knock on him. I'm trying to actually move him while he's still got some name value and age off of some teams. Because I just don't love him, right? When I look at where he is in the usage tree, and if he ain't scoring touchdowns, he ain't doing nothing. You know, uh, a tight end premium awards targets. It doesn't reward TDs, right? So, you know, uh, if you're, oh, tight end premium, Dawson Knox, 25 years old, whatever the hell. Okay, okay, fine, but, like, is he getting targets, right? Look at a guy like Fryermuth, right, uh, who – you know, generally people have maybe a couple spots above in, in the rankings, and I have well above, I think by now, six ranks ahead of ahead of Knox. You know, he actually gets targets, right? So while he may not score as many touchdowns in a given season uh, as Knox will, much safer floor in a tight end premium, you know. So, so yeah, um, you know, I think it's still pretty easily Kittle for me in, in Dynasty. Um but probably closer than some people think. Maybe I don't know. What What do you think, Josh? I have them pretty far apart, and I just want to make one point on the uh, Pat Firemuth. I didn't watch the whole Steelers game, but I had Firemuth in my DFS. He had basically nothing going on. Once they went into the two minute drill, trying to catch up, he ended up with five receptions on six targets for like seventy yards. So like when they know they need to make some plays, Firemuth is there. Dawson Knox is not there for the. Uh, you know, for the Bills, yeah. I have uh, I have Kittle at four still, just because his talents there. If he can yeah. just stay healthy, mm-hmm. and I have Dawson Knox at twelve, so yeah, that's that's about where I think it's like four and eleven. I have right, so see, I'm definitely higher on Kittle yeah. than uh, yeah. Dawson Knox. Yeah. All right. Anything? Any other notes on on my on my fades before we we round out our W's with our last category? Yeah, there was a few. Um, Darren Waller was one that I was only drafting him in a few win now startups because he fell to the fifth or sixth round. But outside of that, I was pretty much fading him also. Um, but it's hard to predict injury, but that comes with age and dynasty. Um, let's see. Yeah. I think that uh, Zeke, I was also kind of out on. I had, which I'll talk about in my last, I had Pollard, Pollard ahead of him and DJ Moore. People, I like him, but people were just absolutely way too high on him when the Baker news came out, and he's just mm. – Baker's meh. Never got into my top 26 quarterbacks. So, yeah. so real quick, before we pivot to a couple of your miscellaneous ones that I, that I actually want to disagree with, 
Um, uh, let's see, Julia checking in. Josh Allen likes Knox and their connection long term. High floor, low ceiling. I think it's the it's the exact opposite. I think it's 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 low floor, high high ceiling. You know, with because of touchdowns. You know? Yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's they have a good connection, but he just maybe it's Stefan Diggs taking up too many targets, but he just really don't see enough targets for me to be mm-hmm. happy with him. All right, so let's talk uh, about your last group of dubs, and uh, and then I'll, I'll hit mine, and then we'll 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 kind of land the plane. Go ahead. Yeah, so the first one uh, all through the off season, especially in redraft, but even in dynasty. Uh, I was out there preaching Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey, RB1. I was saying that. I was drafting in every single league except one that I had the first-round pick, which actually had a few. I took Christian McCaffrey over Taylor. And the one I drafted him, I hate my team. Uh, so I was definitely right about Christian McCaffrey, especially when he went to San Francisco. I'm going to call shenanigans on this, though. Okay. Um, a little bit, right? It The San Francisco trade, it, it boosts him. Mm-hmm. And – JT's been hurt. Like, you can't. But that offensive line took a massive drop. They can't protect the passers. They can't pass. They're going to stop the run. And he, when he was healthy, he wasn't showing the big playability that he showed. I mean, okay. I still have him too because he's, he's young. Yeah. And that offensive line has plenty of time to improve. But especially with Ellinger as a quarterback, I'm. Well, yeah, him down yeah. one. Because he's. He just doesn't. He looks pretty bad. Yeah, we'll see what quarterback. I, yeah. I think they're the, I, uh, a Colts fan um, is basically uh, was saying that uh, they're they're gonna go, they're they're full on tanking and yeah. they're gonna try to get in on one of those quarterbacks. So yeah, we'll see. Well, that, yeah, that that would actually be interesting if uh, that happened. Mm-hmm. So next one I'll go to. Uh, I'll just touch on real quick. Miles Sanders. Even mm-hmm. though I was very high on the pass catchers, they still like to run the ball a lot, especially in the red zone. Yeah. I like Gainwell. Uh, I also I don't like Boss Scott, but I knew between those two, there's plenty of uh, rushing touchdowns to go, and he's shown that he has. Yeah, I think five or six rushing touchdowns with pretty good yards per carry. They, which is, they he's get out been to a lead. Yeah, I'm sorry, they get out to a lead. They lean on their defense, mm-hmm. and they then they run. So yep, yeah, yeah. Another interesting guy because he's also a free agent next year. Yeah, yeah, but people just seem to just like drop him down into the 30s, and I still had him as an yeah. RB too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, getting him that late is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Khalil Herbert over Montgomery coming in, especially in Dynasty. I had I had Herbert purposefully ranked a one spot higher than Montgomery. Uh, I think he's just the better back in watching him mm-hmm. this year. I think he is better, but I think Montgomery is so valuable. I just – Yeah. I had I'm Herbert gonna, one spot higher. Yeah. I think I'm going to call slight shenanigans on this, tiny shenanigans. Herbert is the more dynamic – player i think and certainly has the age advantage i just think that until i know that monty's off that team and until they're not splitting touches as evenly as they are Mm -hmm. i don't know that i'd hang a w on this but i definitely but i do think say this time next year it'll be a clear w so yeah one of the main reasons seeing the shift in play calling with Justin Fields, I think doing some read options, run RPOs. I think he's a little quicker to get to the edge if they're, you know, trying to shift them up. Montgomery's more of a downhill runner, mm. which there's plenty Good of opportunity point. for yeah. that. But I think it just fits the play calling they're going to, and it, it's it's starting to show. Yeah, um, no, that's and, that's a very good point about the RPO. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and 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 so I, I will retract my my slight <laughs> shenanigans because 
that does point in his direction, arrow up. Yes. And just a shift in scheme, you know, play calling. Yeah. Um, I had Jacoby Myers as the New England wide receiver one. I had him in the low 40s, maybe even high 30s to start yeah. the year, but he's even done better yeah. than that. See, I didn't, I did not have him as the one. I just had him like in the 60s because I didn't think that really got you any, much anything on that offense. So I took him as an L last week. Yeah. The main reason was I saw people draft, still drafting Devontae Parker ahead of him sometimes. And I just gross. I've been off of him for since he was with Miami. No. And the last one is I had Troy Pollard over Zeke. I had Zeke ranked one ahead of him, but I was very quick to shift that. Zeke, he looks better than last year, but he still doesn't look, he doesn't look dynamic. Doesn't, he's not really running over anybody, running through tackles. And their offensive line is not as good. So I think you need someone a little more uh, elusive, a little more big playability to fit the offense better. Yeah. Another interesting situation when it comes to free agency. By the way, first off, last I checked, uh, the reporters uh, in Dallas, uh, even though it's officially a game time decision, don't expect Zeke to play. Uh, So, um, you know, uh, go back into your DFS you know, maybe change a couple of those Damian Pierce's into Tony Pollard's and find find two hundred dollars elsewhere. Move, move Dulcich down to Foster Moreau, you know, yes. and uh, and and just you know maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, you know get some get some Pollard uh, exposure. But at the same time, long term though, he's so he's a guy who's going to be a free agent, right? And like I want to. I want to love him. I already got him up. I, I by the way, and maybe for another show, I kind of have been rethinking the way I look at running backs in their rankings. But same, I've got him in the twenties, right? And um, I can't bake into the the price or the rank that he's going to be a lead back somewhere next year because I yeah. just don't know, right? Yeah, that's um, that's tough. And he's also going to be the dreaded 26 year old second contract running back right for some people but he's one of those guys who and i think i might have said this on this show already i don't know right he doesn't have the mileage that a lot of 26 year olds going into their second contract do so i'm i don't i don't lump him in with the typical guys like that listen do when it comes to eckler i'm the same way people were were trying to say 27 year old undersized running back Listen, okay, right? Like he is, he is, you know, he his his age. He's going to be aging out of you know prime and, and relevance, right? But he's not the typical twenty seven year old running back because so much of his production, first of all, because he was splitting with with Melgo for a while, and secondly, because so much of his production, except for last year, was through the the passing game. That he's not the typical, you know, you know, twenty seven year old running back so what are your thoughts on Pollard moving forward as far as that that free agency goes yeah I think I think you hit it perfect I don't see him being like the guy where he's an every down back but I do see him in some sort of committee where you know the Broncos not this but the Broncos have shown they can make it work but somewhere more like maybe I think he'd be a great fit in somewhere like Kansas City somewhere that doesn't and if he is the guy they don't run a ton so he's not sitting there having 20 carries a game sitting around more 10 to 12 you know, with probably 80 yards and good receipt, good receptions. So mm-hmm. I don't see him being like the guy, but he's still very fantasy relevant, especially in dynasty. All right. So time for my last category. And that is fading older quarterbacks. Now 
obviously, oh, old people, you fade them. Old players, you fade them. I just lumped them in this category because these are three calls I got right and what they share is age, but um, Russ, Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Um, So, you know, Russ, you know, people, I think just, there was something wrong in Seattle and it wasn't just that like chemistry and them not getting along and like, and the offense being bad and whatever, like he just, I don't think he was who we thought he was anymore. And I think he was riding on name value a little bit and a few big plays and, and, you know, I didn't know that Nathaniel Hackett was, you know, going to be a, a, a shit show early in the season. I didn't know the offense was going to be this bad. But I certainly was like, nope, nope. Having Russ in your, in your, you know, top nine, ten quarterbacks is for Dynasty, nope, nope. Um, you know, people were like, oh, he's liberated from Seattle. He's going to have Judy and Sutton. And, you know, did I think – Things could be good, yes. Did I think they would be this bad? No. Uh, but I was not. I was not hyped on on Russ going into the season. By the way, it, for for Josh and and if you haven't uh, looked at it or anybody else watching or listening, go try to find the interview that Russ Wilson did with the Athletic. Um, he's trying to not shit uh, almost completely. Like he's down to taking a dump twice a week, and he wants to get it down to once a week. Uh, so, um, fun, fun, go, it's just a fun, a fun little interview and, and, and maybe he should poop more because he's not doing so well this season. Uh, Stafford, uh, you know, last year I would argue with my, uh, my dynasty fever co-host Jesse Schneeman about like how many good years Stafford had left, you know, and, and he was like, ah, four or five, I'm like two at best. Um, and then moving into this year, elbow back seeming more cr- like the shine was coming off second half of last year. The back seemed a little eh, wonky, right? Now, listen, did I think it was going to be this bad in, in, in Los Angeles with like zero, almost zero from running backs and acres being acres and doing his thing. And the O line sucking this bad. No, I didn't think it would, I'd be as bad cup still producing. So it's like, I mean, Stafford has a 70%, you know, completion percentage a couple, you know, as far uh, as of a couple weeks ago, just that everything's short and the offense is bad. And, Stafford's what 30 pushing 34 or 34 already now so yeah I was a big fade on him I didn't you know I I was trying to move him while people still liked him having him in your top nine or ten I was very much against and finally the man I love to hate Aaron Rodgers Aaron effing Rodgers there are so many reasons to hate Aaron Rodgers from his woke mob coming after me, COVID nonsense, to him retweeting something on that topic uh, that featured Tucker Carlson talking to the barstool guy, which is like just like a chef's kiss of like the three stooges of nonsense that I love to hate. Like, you know, the guy from Barstool, Tucker Carlson, and Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. To him, to him just not being very good, to him losing Devontae Adams, which was a big reason to fade. Oh, he made Jordy Nelson good. That was 17 million years ago. Uh, to lying about the contract situation and the, the Devontae Adams knowing that he was going to get traded when he just went after his money himself. Yeah, no. To recently throwing his teammates under the bus. 
I love. Oh, and he doesn't talk to his own twin. I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> on and off the field. And I am dancing on Aaron Rodgers' grave and eating that W with, <laughs> with, with hot sauce because of how much I hate Aaron Rodgers. One of my bold predictions, by the way, for 2022 was that uh, Kenny Pickett would outscore Aaron Rodgers in six-point uh, TD leagues, right? Um, now, even with having to wait a few weeks to, to be the starter, right? Um, a couple people thought it was spicy. I haven't checked the points, you know, uh, but I don't know. In a few weeks, I'm going to check them and see where that bold prediction is headed because uh, I don't think it's out in left field anymore. And, um, yeah, so uh, I hate you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, just a few – I'll make a few points on that, which I agree with you, and then I'll end on one thing. Uh, the only good thing Aaron Rodgers has done this year is show up to uh, the first game of the year looking like Nick Cage from Conair. I love Nick Cage. That's about the only good thing he's done. Besides that, I can't, I can't stand him either. I was fading him hard. Uh, and honestly, you know, what made me really drop Russell Wilson down my rankings was me finding his TikTok account. He is the cringiest professional athlete I think I've ever seen. And I know he buys into it, but it's corny. It kind of gets on my nerves, but it's him. And he's not playing well, so it's not funny. Like if he was still a top 10 quarterback, it'd be funny. Uh, but I just want to say one last thing. I meant to touch on it earlier. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted out my guys where it was like before the year started, like my guys and Justin Fields was my quarterback and a win now league. I drafted him in the late third round as my second quarterback in Superflex, mm. And I was looking like it was about to burn me in the butt, but he's actually saving my win now team brought me from three and five to or two and five to four and five now. So there's still a chance. Right on. I uh, just want to say hi to Kyle Senra checking in. Um, Saying hi to us. Always good to see you, Kyle. Thanks for Absolutely. for hopping on. Um, I, I apologize that I don't get to hop on the Mondays and, and Thursdays as much as uh, I, I I can, uh, or I as much as I'd like to, because you know I'm just super busy on, on weeknights. But uh, thanks so much. At Senra says on Twitter, by the way, Kyle does a, a lot of content, not just the two uh, going for two uh, uh, podcasts. Um, all right, so at the end of our uh, wearing our L's, I kind of asked, and I didn't really prepare for this one, um, you know, uh, any patterns, anything we learned from, from any of this, anything that you can say is there's a, there's a, a trend about a process that was good or, or bad or anything like that. I couldn't really pick anything out looking at, looking at these uh, uh, myself, Probably if I dug into the rookies more, I could probably see a, a, a pattern, but uh, I don't really have anything for this. How about you? Um, the biggest thing, one thing I tried to improve on and I really have, which it kind of cost me in other settings, was I think I did a better job of evaluating wide receivers. And I watched more tape. I actually, uh, reception perception really helps a lot because they map out every single route they run mm. doing that with watching tape to affirm what you're seeing someone else seeing and writing about really helps. Mm. So I, mm. I think I did a good job at wide receivers this year, but I missed on a lot of running backs. So maybe mm. I need to figure that out too, but yeah, definitely yeah. I did better about wide receivers and evaluating. We should probably do a running back show at some point. Yeah. Kind of so. lump, lumping in 
how we are rethinking the, the the position and the rankings, the 23 class of free agents and rookies. I think I think we could kind of, kind of do like a, a big running back show uh, at some point. All right, so that's going to do it uh, for us, folks. Uh, ran a few minutes over our usual hour, but of course uh, had fun uh, chopping it up uh, about, about Dynasty, and I hope those who uh, were watching will watch and will listen uh, uh, enjoyed it. So please subscribe, rate, and review on the Going For Two Live podcast feed. Uh, please make sure you subscribe uh, to the Going For Two Live YouTube channel. Uh, like uh, the videos, uh, turn on the notifications, and, and all that jazz. All right, and time for plugs. Josh, where can we find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rotonaut, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T. Um, and you can find most of my rankings and articles at goingfor2.com. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Go Irish. Oh, you're a Notre Dame fan? Yep. Oh. I'll close out every show with that now. Oh, God. Oh, so many reasons. Back in the rankings. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, you can find me at FFJunkie underscore <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, Dynasty rankings at goingfor2.com. Uh, I uh, just wrote uh, a, a cash uh, lineup uh, uh, article for DFS for us. I was kind of pinch hitting for the person who usually does it. I hope I did 80% as well. Uh, so go, go check that out. Uh, I, I have my favorite article probably ever, my 10 commandments of dynasty trading up there. Uh, if you go to the dynasty tab uh, on the site, um, I, I feel another article coming on too a little bit, probably about something that rebuilders should be doing as, as trade deadlines approach and also get rid of the trade deadline in your leagues folks. Uh, so please make sure that you uh, look at the Going For Two family of content across multiple uh, platforms. <laughs> yes, yes, Kropotkin. We, we can talk about Kropotkin. Uh, hey, my Instagram uh, handle is Kropotkinot yeah. and my uh, uh, Xbox gamer tag. So. We, we got we to gotta maybe have an episode about that. I don't Conquest know. Conquest of bread. If people are, in, are into that one. You know, you know I'm, I'm more of a Marx guy, but... Uh, you know, the older I get, uh, the more eclectic I am and the more like <laughs> I don't I don't pick one lane and have yeah. rigid certainty kind of thing. But anyway, I don't know that anybody wants uh, any of the, the leftist politics on, on this show right now. Uh, so uh, going for two, uh, check us out. Going for two dot com uh, has everything you want there as far as articles and rankings go. Uh, click the little discord thing on, on the bottom right. Join the discord it is popping off. There's many people there. There's great chats, great conversations, channels for every darn thing. And by the way, we have a podcast for you every day of the week, Sunday morning pregame show, and then at least one podcast every night after that, including stay tuned on this very YouTube channel for IDP Cover Zero, our IDP podcast. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for being with us. See y'all. Hey!